enabler to something that we never should turn hostile towards. It's one of the best tools out there. It started in the U.S., as you know, and it's, it's mm-hmm. one of the best tools out there. And there are so many success cases where, you know, children that have been abducted and were in imminent harm, in imminent danger, had been rescued because the the Amber Alert was out there. So my advice to people is to suck it up and be a little patient. That is Dave uh, Perry, former homicide uh, guy who would have and looked into uh, an Amber Alert for Holly Jones, who unfortunately would be found dead not even 24 hours later. And... You know, when it comes to missing kids, they are not all the same. Some uh, are taken in a stranger abduction, like in Holly Jones's case. But more often than not, it is a parental abduction. And if you look to the numbers, um, you know, back to 2016, because that's kind of the last numbers I could find, 155 kids have been abducted and killed by strangers in this country. That number likely has gone up just slightly. But the numbers when it comes to a parental abduction are generally much higher. There are hundreds of kids literally taken by a parent each year. They either take them in a custody dispute, they just run away. Uh, and then there are kids that just run away, period. They just don't want to be at home. And that's what makes issuing an Amber Alert so, so challenging because the criteria for each is very different and you simply just can't put them out for all. They all have to be dealt with on an individual basis. Lizzie Lobb is uh, with the Canadian Centre for Child Protection. She joins us now. Uh, and your job is um, as a police relations liaison. In other words, you are hands-on in cases like this, working with uh, the police when a child goes missing. What would you say is the biggest misunderstanding about Amber Alerts? Uh, That's a really good question. I think the biggest misunderstanding about Amber Alerts is when they can be used. Um, I think it's also a big misunderstanding that, you know, they are the be-all and end-all in these child abduction cases. I think it's really, really important to remember that the Amber Alert is one piece of the puzzle um, and that police are often doing a, a lot behind the scenes to ensure the safety of these children as well. They have changed over the years. I mean, this used to have a very strict criteria of stranger abduction, and they have evolved over the years. But the complexity of issuing an Amber Alert now is such that, you know, when you get the report of a missing child, uh, the the police very quickly have to determine, okay, is this a stranger abduction? Is this a case of parental abduction? Or is this just a case of a kid wandering away? How does each um, scenario kind of unfold where the police, you know, have to decide when to move? For sure. And, you know, I think, you know, police services across the country um, are, you know, constantly trying to respond to situations where they don't have all the information. Um, And I think that they overall do a very good job of ensuring that they're taking the right steps. Um, You know, in any case that does result in an Amber Alert, what they're looking at primarily, um, particularly within Ontario, is whether or not, you know, the child is under the age of 18 um, and they believe the child has been abducted. Um, They also do need to have some information to believe that the child is in immediate danger and have some information that would allow the public to assist in their location. So whether that be information related to the description of the child or the abductor and or the vehicle that they might be in. Yeah, and and the child, the level of danger, the imminent danger certainly, uh, you know, I guess... um, it depends on the speed of which an Amber Alert is issued, but it becomes, I think, very difficult when you get a parental abduction because you never think that a parent could harm a child. However, each case is so different. You know, this ended in a happy ending in New York region last night, but two weeks ago we had a case of parental abduction, and 
you know, it came out with really tragic circumstances. So how long does it take, you know, the police to kind of navigate going through a court case or kind of trying to break down, all right, here's a situation, divorce, there's acrimony, you know, it's in the courts. How long does that take? You know, uh, that's something that I can't really speak to in terms of the length of time. I think, you know, what's really important to remember is that, you know, police are being presented with a situation that they're trying their best to make sense of. Um, And, you know, they do have to make decisions based on the information that is in front of them that's going to be in the best interest of that child. And you're right, you know, the, the criteria for Amber Alert has changed over the years, and I think that's because we've seen the ability for Amber Alert to assist in some cases where a parent has abducted and there is extreme danger to that child. Um, so it's important to remember that, you know, police are doing their very best to grapple with the information that's being presented to them and that they're uncovering through the course of their investigation. One of the big challenges, and, and technology's great, it's, you know, great that we can get Amber Alerts out on things like iPhones and that, but the, the problem is uh, people's attention span is just fading away. You know, they don't want to be bothered by things like Amber Alerts. So my concern is, you know, if too many of these things go out, people will become kind of indifferent to them. What would your message be? Um, you know, I think that's a, that's a really good point. It is something that we're cognizant of. Um, and that is why the Amber Alert criteria is so important is because it is only used in the most extreme cases. Um, and, you know, I think the, the Ontario Amber Alert program has been, uh, is very comprehensive and has been very successful in showing that it is its ability to bring children home safely mm-hmm. um, or to assist in, you know, the swift end to an investigation. Um, so I think, you know, it's the important message for the public to remember is that when an Amber Alert is issued, it's issued for a reason um, that we do believe that there is, you know, maybe harm coming to this child and yeah. we are seeking the public's assistance in the safe location of children. Well, thankfully, they don't happen very often, but uh, when they do, it is urgent. Lindsay, thanks so much for joining us. I You're appreciate so it. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. That is Lindsay Lobb joining us. And uh, bottom line is, I mean, look, got one three weeks ago, and that ended in in just tragic circumstances. And um, and I and I get that the conversation is being had now as to you know, why are they so annoying? Why do they take so long? You know, why are they interfering with my iPhone or whatever else it is that you do? I get it; it's inconvenient. But given what we're dealing with, when you see one of those things. You know, time's not on your side. The other thing is, and and, and I would say this, because the media used to handle these things. The media was in charge of dealing with Amber Alerts. And I've got to be honest, I think we did it better than when the government, now that the government's doing it, because we followed a very strict criteria, but we were very fast. Why? Well, because we're competing. You want to be first with it, but you also know that there's a time um, that you have to get it on. But we didn't seem to have the headaches that they have now. And that's been pretty much every single time one of these goes off. There's a lot of blowback after. So they do need to tweak it. They need to tighten it up just a little bit. Uh, Because the last thing you want people to do is blow these things off and ignore them. And and eventually, if you get them too late or they're done wrong or they make mistakes, people will just tune them out. And that's not what you want these things for. The other thing is, we don't really have time to wait 30 or 40 minutes if there's a tornado. Because that's the other thing. These alerts that are coming across your iPhone are also for... Uh, you know, weather, uh, dangerous situations. Well, when you're when you're driving through an area that's expecting a tornado, I, I don't want to wait for the alert 
30, 40 minutes. Some people yesterday didn't get the alert at all. You didn't get it, right? I did not get an alert on my phone. And I got uh, I got one, and then I got another one later. It, it, they still need to tweak the system, but again, I just hope people don't get so frustrated that they turn and tune them and out. for those of you who, uh, for some reason, can't bear being interrupted by this, imagine there's, a, there's a button on your phone. It's oh, called the on. off button. Oh, come on. It's a, can you imagine being that parent? I mean, I, I've been to these press conferences where a parent is desperately, desperately, like in Holly Jones, a mother pleading for her child. When you look in those eyes and you see that pain, y- you'll take the 30 seconds to read the Amber Alert. That's, that's, that's what we're talking about, life and death. Alex Pearson, this is Global News Radio.